Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R slash at liquidiv.com. Welcome to r slash true off my chest, where OP discovers that her husband has been having an affair for over a decade. Our next Reddit post is from Lovecats. I recently found out that my 42-year-old husband is cheating on me with our married best friend, who's 32. She's the godmother to our four children. They don't know that I know, but I caught them making out at the end of our driveway when he was seeing her off after dinner with our family. We live on a small acreage, and the driveway is a long way off from the main house. She had forgotten some crockery at the house, and I decided to walk it over, because for some reason, the two of them always took a long time to say goodbye. Now I know why. That's when I saw them lit up by her car's headlights. Making out in the front seat with our best friend straddling my husband. In shock, I didn't know whether to throw her Pyrex at the car or just walk away. I decided the latter. I was too shocked to cry or be angry. When my husband got back, I had to pretend like everything was normal. I know that it's stupid, but I couldn't sleep last night, and I decided to go through his phone. She was obviously under a pseudonym, but I found a handful of their messages dating two to three years back. Her husband doesn't know. He's currently posted overseas as a diplomat. I'm sick with rage and betrayal. I'm lost, and I have no idea what steps to take next. Then, OP posted an update. As to what I'm gonna do now, a part of me wants to confront my husband and see what lame excuse he has, but I need to get away from him. This level of betrayal physically hurts. 
I can't help but think of all the times that we spent together over the years and for how long our families were fooled. My mind is going crazy. When she was single, he would rescue her from some bad dates or the times they were alone in my house when the kids and I were out. I remember how irrationally angry he was when he found out that she had a boyfriend and then chose to marry him. Thinking back on it, the two of them disappeared at her wedding. When I asked him where he was, he said that he needed to reassure her that she had done the right thing. I feel so, so sick thinking of these things. Then, OP posted another update. While my husband is out of town for the next few days, my husband's sister, who's the only other person who knows, will help me pack up my important documents and store them somewhere my husband doesn't know about. I've organized my kids to stay with my sister-in-law for a week while I sort everything out. I've spoken to a family lawyer, and they've told me that the best way to start the separation procedure is to no longer be living under the same roof. I'm fortunate in that most of our assets are also in my name, and the land our house is on was gifted to me by my parents. I am planning to kick him out after his trip. But before that, I want to catch them both in the act again. I want to have some hard proof, send it to my ex-friend's husband, and get the ball rolling for moving on with my life. Then, OP posted another update. My husband came home two nights ago from his trip. I had packed up all my husband's things, and he's been really good at keeping his tracks clean because there was no evidence of his affair within his stuff. I placed all of his belongings in the garage, and I was ready for a confrontation with him. I was super nervous because I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision. Once he came home, I remembered seeing him kissing our best friend, and I remembered the deep hurt they'd caused. I was in our kitchen when he came home, and he knew straight away that something was wrong. During that week, I had been distant and had barely answered his text and screened his calls. I did answer every now and then, and I gave the kids a chance to speak to their dad. He asked me why I hadn't been responding to his texts, and he tried to kiss me, but I turned away. And before I knew it, the first things that came out of my mouth were, I want a separation. I have to admit that he didn't look very surprised when I said it. He nodded his head and said, what do you know? Which was just a punch in the gut because I wanted him to deny it or say something like it was a one-off thing. I asked him to tell me everything, like when did it start? He said they started 10 years ago. At first, it was flirtatious messaging and a sneaky kiss in the office when they briefly worked together and the affair was on and off. She apparently always felt guilty and her way out of that was to marry the next man that was interested in her and proposed. He admitted that they passionately hugged on their wedding day, and whenever he's out of town, they meet. At this point, I couldn't breathe, and I was sobbing. I hated that the next words out of my mouth were, did you ever even love me? He hesitated and said, yes, of course, but I was never in love with you the way that I am with her. I cleared my throat and told him that he should tell her husband. There's no point hiding it anymore. I told him that all his stuff was in the garage and he can find somewhere else to stay. I let him know that I had spoken to a family lawyer and I told him that when I feel ready and only when I feel ready will we see each other again to talk about the future arrangement with the kids. I said that any future communication can be done through my sister-in-law or my brother. I said that he's allowed to see the kids but only at their place. I, of course, want full custody of the kids because it hurts too much to give him anything at this point. He agreed to all points because he knew that he was in the wrong. 
He tried to say sorry, and then I absolutely lost my mind and screamed, No effing way are you sorry! For ten years, you've deceived everyone we know! Please just take your stuff and leave, and tell that woman you've been screwing for ten years that I don't ever want to see her effing face again! It certainly wasn't my shining moment. It was a culmination of all the hurt and anger that I felt over the last few weeks that they've caused. I have no intention of talking to my ex-best friend, or really, to my soon-to-be ex-husband until I've had the time to grieve. Man, I feel really bad for OP, I do, don't get me wrong, but my god, my heart hurts for the diplomat, the husband in this situation. This guy marries a girl, and on their wedding day, the bride sneaks off to sleep with someone else? That is brutal. It's brutal for the wife too, don't get me wrong, 10 years is savage, it's just... God, I can't stop thinking about that wedding. That's awful. I don't understand why they didn't just break up and be with each other. If he liked her that much and she liked him that much, why did they both marry other people? Huh? People are so dumb and weird, man. I don't get it. Our next Reddit post is from Klutzy Signature. I hate to admit that I didn't see this sooner. My boyfriend has never liked to clean or been particularly good at it. He doesn't cook either. When I was young, I figured that all men were like this. I now regret moving in with him and getting serious. I actually like cooking and cleaning, so at first I didn't mind, but I've been absolutely taken advantage of. My meals are mostly made from scratch, and I sometimes spend 3-4 to four hours in the kitchen prepping and cooking. My boyfriend never has to make his own plate. I bring it to him at the table, along with his condiments and whatever else. I clear the table and do dishes after I cook. He never offers. He is nice enough to buy me an extra meal if he gets fast food, but he's never cooked at home. It goes unspoken, but I'm also responsible for all the house chores. If I don't do them, they simply won't get done. This includes picking up after my boyfriend's messes, cleaning his trash, cans, clothes, etc. Of course, I try to address this with him, but it turns into a heated argument every time. I ask him why he expects me to split bills 50-50 and do 100% of the housework. He then says, You're lucky that I'm not charging you the market rent, which is $1,200. To be clear, that's the amount of his mortgage and his car loan. He claims that because I was paying less than I was at my previous apartment, where I lived alone, that I should just be happy. If I push the arguments any further, he just gets mad and starts yelling. On the other hand, when I tell him that I want to leave because I don't like our arrangement, he backpedals and tries to negotiate. Not only have I been very stressed and overwhelmed with my workload, I've been disgusted with his attitude about the situation. Thus, I've stopped being intimate with him. I just have no desire. He then started making comments like, You should worship me as a man, and I should be able to F you whenever I want. I'm over all of it, so I'm taking the rent money that I would have given him and leaving with it next week. We had no formal long-term agreement, thankfully. Hopefully, he can find someone who can keep up with his needs. Our next Reddit post is from The Shelby S. Show. I'm in shock. My date died. I'm a waitress at a restaurant, and there was this guy who started coming into my job about a month ago. He just moved from California to my small town. He was cute, funny, sweet, and we really hit it off. He turned all the other girls down at my job, and everyone started teasing me, saying that he was my boyfriend. Last Sunday, he finally asked for my number after weeks of chemistry. It was so exciting. We would go on smoke breaks together, and we talked every time I worked. He became a regular. We started texting consistently to find out that we had the same music taste, hobbies, he drew me, and we just talked. 
We shared a lot of the same interests. He finally asked me on a date Thursday night, but he drove a motorcycle and it was raining, so I asked him to reschedule. He wanted to take me to a nice fancy restaurant for our first date. He said that I was beautiful, sweet, and worth it. I was so excited, so we rescheduled for the next day. Around 5, he asked me if he could bring me dinner. I was grocery shopping, and I said that I would let him know. At 5.19, he said that I was worth it. Then I texted him to try to get a time for our date the next day. No answer. I asked him, are you okay? No answer. The next morning I texted him. No answer. Later, my coworker let me know that at 5.30 on Thursday night, he was hit by an SUV 10 minutes after texting me. He was going straight and the SUV ran the light. It was a horrible wreck. I went to work today and I had to take breaks because I couldn't look at his usual spot without tearing up. He kept telling me that he liked me and he wanted to take me out and just couldn't wait. I'm having such a hard time with this. Oh, that's awful. Just in the early stages of young love. Now, not only did someone lose his life, but OP has to spend the rest of her life wondering, what if? Our next Reddit post is from Fitness Taco in My Mouth. Yesterday, I cheated. For nine years, I've been strictly monogamous. I haven't even entertained the thought of someone else. My barber has been trimming and shaping my beard since I started growing it. He knows me. He knows my needs. His work on my beard has even won me awards at competitions. Yes, beard competitions are real. Because he's such a wizard at his craft, he's also very difficult to get an appointment with, and sometimes I have to wait a month before I can see him. I know I should be more proactive and plan my appointments way more ahead of time, but sometimes I just forget or I'm too busy to break away and see him. I flew to New York City Friday night because I had a ticket to a Broadway production yesterday afternoon. I've known about this trip for about a month, but I didn't think about getting my beard trim before I left until Monday last week. Obviously, my barber is already booked up, so I take the L and realize that I'm heading to the city looking like a caveman. When I woke up yesterday morning, I took a look at my beard and started entertaining the idea of someone else. What's more New York than an old-fashioned barbershop trim, I say to myself. This is when I could feel myself slipping into a series of thoughts that I should not have allowed myself to think about. I open up my browser on my phone, incognito mode, obviously, and I start searching for someone who can satisfy my needs. Pages and pages of eager barbers just wanting to run their scissors through my beard. Then it happened. I stumbled across Eva. Eva has extremely high reviews. She's trained in the art of beard shaping. She has a warm smile that lured me in. I booked with Eva. I go see Eva. Eva had a warm touch. She knew exactly how to work her scissors. Eva knew all the right places to hit and exactly how I needed it. Eva made me feel and look like a million bucks. Once we finished, I walked away feeling disgusted with what I'd done, but I don't care. It felt good to be in the hands of someone else. Plus, she lives in an entirely different area code, and my barber and her will never cross paths. I do plan on telling my barber next month when I see him. I hope he understands and that we can work past this. Even if we do manage to work past this, I'll still always be thinking about Eva. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway. 11 days ago, on my 27th birthday, my 25 and 22-year-old brothers died in a car accident. Three days ago, we had their funeral, then my mother killed herself. 
The next day, my father killed himself. Jesus Christ. My parents never had mental illness. They were just overwhelmed with grief. My mom always said that if she ever lost one of us, she'd end herself because she needs us. My response was always, I hope you don't because there are too many people who need you here. She effing did it anyway and my dad followed suit. I don't have friends. I've never had friends. The only people I ever talked to was my family. I spend my free time reading through the family group chat. I have their dog now and she's grieving too, which I didn't even know dogs do. My parents always treated her like one of their babies. I've always loved her, but I don't want to keep her. I'm still working. I work from home, and most of my communication with people is via email, so I'm free to cry all day. I'm supposed to move from Australia to Texas in about six weeks for this unreal job opportunity. Everything's done for it. I've even signed a lease on an apartment. I'm just waiting on the day to come now. I suppose it'll be good to get away. I have a neighbor with a car that's a similar model to my mom's, and I can't bear to look at it. It's an Australian car, so I won't have that issue in Texas. My parents' siblings are planning their funeral now. I don't know if I can do it. I can't bear to see anyone ever again. I don't want to hear my family's names ever again. I've got a lawyer calling me every day about the house and the cars and taxes and bank accounts and all this BS. People I don't know or haven't seen in years keep sending me flowers and chocolates and I just throw it away immediately. I have no idea how anyone got my address. I'm forever going to be the person whose whole family died in three separate events in the space of a week. I thought my life was lonely before, but now I don't know what to do. I have literally nothing. Our next Reddit post is from French Fries. I'm a 40-year-old man and I have three kids. This story is about my oldest daughter, who's 16. I've always told my kids that they can call me anytime if they're in a situation or just need a ride home and I'll pick them up. No questions or judgments. As a teen myself, I was stupid and often rode with people who were drunk or high when I should have just called someone to pick me up. As my daughter got older, especially when she started driving, I wanted her to know that any time of day she could call and I'd give her a ride. Well, it happened last night slash early in the morning. My oldest was, according to her, staying with her mom. Until I got a call at 2am from my daughter telling me that she's drunk and unable to drive or get a ride. I picked her up, and she puked in my car. It was an experience. I made her go to school today, very hungover because she decided to drink on a school night. My biggest issue was her lying to me about staying with her mom. But I'm also proud of her for realizing that it was unsafe to drive and knew that she could call me and I'd pick her up. We haven't had a conversation about it yet and I'm mostly upset about the lying, not the drinking. But like I said, I'm proud of her. And OP, I'm proud of you for not punishing her because if you punish her for this behavior, then the next time she's drunk, there's no way that she would call you. Obviously, a 16-year-old girl getting shit-faced drunk is its own problem and needs to be dealt with, but at least you're not punishing her for doing the right thing, OP. That was r slash true off my chest, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. 
Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.